people are never going to understand how critical this particular time in history is. We have $7.7 trillion worth of economic events that are going to hit America in the gut. This is An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun, President and CEO of Private Wealth Consultants, the free market voice, free market voice. of the U.S., enhancing and protecting private wealth. Gary Rathbun has over 30 years of experience in making the best choices for you to keep more of what you earn. It's life, liberty, and the pursuit of self-reliance. An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. This is Greetings and welcome again to An Economy of One. I am your host, Gary Rathman. Well, I hope you had a uh, uh, good week of Christmas shopping. It was uh, Cyber Monday this week, and I got some disturbing news uh, about Cyber Monday. Yeah, sort of disturbing. Uh, I live in a small community in northwest Ohio uh, that happens to be in a county called Fulton County. According to the research... Fulton County, Ohio, is number two in the nation on Internet per capita purchases for Christmas this year. Between Black Friday and Cyber Monday, my county of 38,000 people, uh, number two in the nation, number one was uh, Vermont or New Hampshire or somewhere up there. But... uh, um, that's both good and bad news for me. I'm I'm glad that uh, my county is prosperous enough to fall into that category. Uh, bad news probably because uh, my wife was a major purport, uh, percentage of of uh, that per capita. So uh, both good and bad news there. But uh, cyber cyber sales Black Friday uh, was about 16 percent year over year on uh, internet and uh internet monday or cyber monday uh huge huge increase in uh in purchases so uh it depends on how you look at it whether that was that was good or bad i the the this i wanted to touch on this story this week because it, it, no question it's the biggest story uh out there for the week but the Terrorists, and I'm going to say that word, the terrorist shootings of radical Muslims in San Bernardino, California. Um, just incredible. Just incredible. Incredibly bad. Uh, I can't imagine, cannot imagine what those families uh, are going through now and will go through every Thanksgiving and Christmas uh, for forever. Uh, they'll always be reminded of this, partly because it's it's a major tragedy in their life, but also partly because the press will remind us every year uh, what happened in San Bernardino in 2015. I guess the thing I wanted to touch on, I don't want to get into uh, too much of the politics of that, but I do want to get into the constitutional and economic aspects of this um where where these shootings took place was a gun-free zone and i think it was um mark levin 
who said there's no such thing as gun-free zones. There's only unarmed victim zones. And that seems to be the case in, in many, many, many of these multiple murders, multiple shootings, seems to happen in gun-free zones, that these these nutcases don't want to go into areas where there is proper security, don't want to go into areas where people may be carrying uh, their own gun. Uh, I will tell you this. Uh, I I always carry. Always. I get a gun on me right now, just in case my producer... Uh, comes after me or something you never know never know when these guys are going to snap i've been in radio a long time so uh, um anyway the the interesting aspect of this is that immediately immediately the politicians the so-called leaders out there attack the guns this has got to stop this has got this is enough president obama said we've got to Got to make it more difficult for people to get their hands on guns. We have a no-fly zone, he said. And these people on the no-fly list, not no-fly zone, no-fly list, uh, we don't allow them to fly in our country, but we allow them to buy guns. Well, that's not entirely true. But it was interesting, even before the San Bernardino um, mass killing, that... Background checks for the month of November were the highest ever. Highest ever. Almost 400,000 background checks in um, November. And, and that's, that, that's an indication of people buying weapons. We'll tell you, I went to a big gun show over the Thanksgiving Day weekend, and um, I bought some weapons. And uh, had my background checked. I mean, I go through the proper paperwork. I do have a, a concealed carry. But what bothers me is that almost immediately, even before the suspects were, were uh, killed, and I don't even want to call them suspects, before the perpetrators of this crime were killed by police officers, Everybody was out there talking about gun control, gun control, gun control. And this was a gun-free zone. Now, I'm not saying if there had been some people in that room that were able to carry guns, if, if anything different would, would uh, come out of it. I don't know if fewer people would have uh, been killed or wounded. I don't know. I, 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 I don't have that ability to to definitively tell you how history would have been different. But I will tell you this, that if I was in that room and gotten killed on my way down to the ground, I think I would have felt better about trying to defend myself and protect my fellow man around me rather than my last thought being rats. I left it out in the car. So the purpose of this conversation is this is the kind of stuff that divides our country when it should be the kind of tragedy that unites our country. The guns did nothing, did nothing 
the morons pulling the trigger, the evil people pulling the trigger are what did it. And it seems like that is kind of how America is right now. I look at all the presidential candidates. I look at all politicians, but I look at all the presidential candidates and everything they talk about revolves around another level of division for you and me. They're talking about illegal immigration, talking about income equality. They're talking about um, uh, uh, wealth distribution. They're talking about retirement plans, health insurance or health coverage. There's even articles out today based on mortality rates versus um, gen, um, race and wealth. Oddly enough, poor white people are dying sooner. That surprised me that the press would even report that since it's white people. But uh, at that poverty level, they're dying sooner. Another sad statement in the Bernardino killings is a neighbor of the people who were killed uh, after committing this crime, the the uh, radical Muslims that committed this terrorist act. Um, the neighbor saw suspicious behavior, saw suspicious activity, uh, many people coming and going and didn't want to report it for beer for fear of being called a racist. Now, it surprises me one that that person would even admit that. Why would you admit that? It causes me to doubt their statement because it makes them kind of a a victim of, of their own. And I don't approve of people trying to establish their own victimhood. But what's suspicious activity? I mean, people coming and going. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we still have constitutional rights. I'm not saying that these people were were uh, uh, doing anything bad or good at their uh, apartment. I find it bad that the neighbor's attitude revolves around the politically incorrect label of being called a racist. The sad thing about this is I'm not seeing any of the politicians. I'm not seeing any of the presidential candidates in either party taking a leadership role in talking about the greatness of this country and restoring that. And I think that's part of the explanation for who's leading in the polls and who's getting a lot of the the uh, uh, the press. Bernie Sanders on the Democratic side, I mean, he comes right out and says he's a socialist, and, and he's proud of that. And yet he's getting a lot of followers. On the Republican side, uh, Donald Trump, uh, he's clearly an outsider when it comes to politics but everything is around the negative everything is around the division 
of us as a populace versus the positiveness of this country. Coming up, big news this week from the uh, IMF, the International Monetary Fund, regarding the uh, the wand being included in special drawing rights. We're going to talk about an economy of one. We'll talk about that next. An economy of one with Gary Rathbun. Back to an economy of Juan with Gary Rathbun. Yes, an economy of Juan. Uh, but uh, in, a, in a semi-serious note, the International Monetary Fund this week approved the Chinese Juan or renminbi, whichever you like to use. I like to say the word renminbi, and I don't know why. But uh, they approved the Chinese currency to be included in the IMF's special drawing rights. Now, let's step back a little bit and define what a special drawing right is. A special drawing right is essentially a loan given to other countries from the IMF. The kind of the IMF, the International Monetary Fund, is supposedly uh, a lender of last resort. So what the what the IMF does? Let's take Greece for example. Greece got some special drawing rights from the IMF when they were in deeper trouble than they're in now. They're they're a long, long ways from being out of trouble, but they were worse off. And what that special drawing right consists of is four currencies. So if you are Greece and you got an SDR, special drawing right from the IMF, you would receive some dollars, some American dollars. You would receive some Japanese yen. You would receive some euros. And you would receive some British pounds, all at different percentages. Now, the idea is in loaning the country this money, the currencies then can be used all around the world to fix things, if you will, to buy things in your economy. So naturally, you want those currencies that you receive to not only have value, but be easily exchangeable into other things and maintain their value. And that's always been the the argument on the Chinese currency that it was heavily manipulated by the uh, People's Bank of China, the, the Chinese Central Bank. Now, before this happened, now, by the way, this doesn't take place until October 16, and a lot can happen between now and then. There, there's a lot of hoops that China has to draw through. Christine Lagarde, the, the head of the IMF, came right out and said that she hopes that approving the Chinese yuan into special drawing rights will motivate and encourage the uh, central bank of China to implement monetary reforms to get their currency to a clear free float, what they call a clear float, meaning no manipulation from the central bank like they have now. So many pundits came out and said, okay, that, that's the beginning of the end for the dollar. That's it. 
Now the, the America is going downhill. The world's second largest economy is is going to be taken over, and we're all going to be trading money in Chinese yuan. Well, I'm here to tell you that's just not the case. It, that's just economic ignorance to say things like that. Now, I know why pundits do it, because they don't get printed on, on uh, different websites if they don't say something stupid like that. But the fact is... The American dollar is still far and away, far and away, the most dominant currency, not only in special drawing rights, but in the world. Virtually every drop of oil that changes hands in the world change hands in dollars. Are there countries that do business with each other in their own currencies? Of course there are. So what? So what? It's meaningless. Meaningless. China coming into the special drawing rights is relatively insignificant for not only you and me, but also our country on a global scale. It really just doesn't matter. We're giving money. We're loaning money to emerging markets, to third world countries. So our exposure by having China involved in those currencies, our exposure actually goes down. Does it change anybody's transactions in oil around the world? Of course not. Now, it's a big political coup for China. No question. No question. They're recognized as being one of the big boys now, and they've always wanted to do that. Okay? But it's not the beginning of the end. It's not even the middle of the end. It has nothing to do with the end. American dollar is strong, strong as it's been in in a long, long time, and will continue to be strong for a long, long time. So all the hysteria out there, all the jumping up and down and spitting nails, forget it. Doesn't mean that much, and we'll see what happens a year from now, whether they actually make it in. Coming up next, got to talk about the climate summit in Paris, don't we? I think so. That has big economic implications. We'll talk about that next. Gary Rathbun, an economy of one. An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. Early this last week, uh, all the big shots in the world met in Paris to uh, to talk about man-made global warming. And there's a couple of things I wanted to point out on that. One, from an economic standpoint, this is disastrous on two fronts. One... The proposals they're putting out there uh, today are estimated cost over a trillion dollars a year. So, and you know that, that those estimates are never correct. It's probably fifty percent off or something. So it cost two trillion. The other bad aspect about that economically is President Obama will make sure or try to make sure that. America picks up 
the vast majority of that cost. The the one one area where he's willing to to lead is in global climate change caused by man. Now, the other aspect of this that bothers me a lot is, is the term settled science. You know, 97% of, of uh, scientists agree. Well, so that doesn't make it true. I mean, it, 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 it's the, the evidence we see, the, the, uh, the variations in the data, the skewing of the data, the, the putting, uh, putting uh, temperature sensors on black asphalt during the summer, that kind of stuff. Um, all of this, it, it is not settled science. And whenever anybody says it's settled science, it's only common sense, everybody agrees, uh, red flags automatically go up for me. Because nothing is settled science. Uh, when it comes to climate change and global warming, nothing uh, matters if the vast majority of people agreed. You know, um, 1,500 years ago, the vast majority of people agreed the earth was flat. And uh, it's not. Uh, they also agreed the earth was the center of the universe. And the sun revolved around the earth. Well, it didn't, did it? So... The fact that someone says everybody agrees is meaningless to me. The, the, the facts are, or the, the truth is, that fossil fuels are the most economic out there. They, 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 they create the most growth. They, they've taken more people out of poverty does the united states use more energy than every any other country in the world yeah my response good glad we do that means that we are progressing faster than anybody else in the world we have a terrific country and a great great economy if people will let it go let it be a free market but I get sick of these pundits that come out and say, I, I read one in, in Bloomberg uh, the other day that talked about he's happy that solar energy is starting to replace fossil fuels. Now, I'm only happy that solar energy replaces fossil fuels if it does so on an economic basis from an efficiency and effective standpoint. I have some solar energy-powered things on my property. Difference is I didn't put them there by choice. I put them there because the, the, the electric company won't run a wire to my, my gate at the end of the driveway. They won't let me have a second meter on my property. I have 65 acres. I got a 1,000-foot uh, driveway, and, and I need an electric gate at the end. So... My only alternative was solar. Now, the government, in their infinite wisdom, um, paid for a major chunk of that solar because I agreed to have solar. I had no choice. It was my only option right now. And uh, solar make it cheap for me? Yeah. 
only because my tax dollars got refunded to me to help pay for it. But one of the pundits was talking about this, and he says, you know, it's such a small sacrifice. The leaders of our country need to force, force this small sacrifice on the people. Well, you know what the small sacrifice is? You got to read the whole article to find out what the small sacrifice is. The small sacrifice is an increase in electric rates of 90%. 90%. But you know what? Uh, it'll only bring our rates up to about what Japan is today. Well, that's just one more reason I don't want to live in Japan. I want to live here. We have cheaper energy. It allows us to do more things. Is solar a vital, um, uh, a realistic energy source? Eh, probably. I mean, you take light and you turn it into electricity. That's kind of cool. I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with is the cost of turning light into electricity and dependability. You know where I live, I don't know it is how it is where you live, but where I live, there's not always sunlight. I live in northwest Ohio. There's rarely sunlight here. Uh, just kidding. We get our share, but it's cloudy today. I wouldn't get much electricity out of the the solar aspect of life today. But President Obama, this is this seems seems to be his his um, shall we say his legacy that he wants to create. The UN climate chief says openly that uh, the aim of these talks is to change the economic development model that has been reigning for the last 50 years since the Industrial Revolution. Bolivia agrees with that. Their attendees, their official country uh, material submitted for the talks proposes a lasting solution for climate change. You ready? Lasting solution for climate change. We must destroy capitalism. That says it all. Says it all. They have to destroy capitalism to save the climate. Well, capitalism, as you know, we've talked about this over and over, has brought more people out of poverty, has fed more people and raised the standard of living more for more people than anything else ever. They hadn't even put a cost on President Obama's uh, promise to cut greenhouse gases in the U.S., by 26 to 28 percent below 2005 levels by 2025. There's just no way this is going to happen. No way. And quite honestly, I don't think it needs to happen. The evidence is out there that one, Global warming is kind of a myth. Even if it's true, and even if you implement 
all of the the uh, the ideas at the Paris Climate Accord. It will lower the temperature, prevent the temperature of the Earth from rising one fourth of one degree by the year twenty one hundred. One fourth of one degree by twenty one hundred. Now. I don't know how it is in your town, but in my town, they have trouble predicting the weather three days in advance. How are they going to protect it 85 years in advance? What this is, is exactly what the literature from Bolivia says it is, is a plan to destroy capitalism. They see capitalism as a negative because people get wealthy and other people don't and a country gets wealthy and other countries don't why do you think china wants to remain an emerging market so they don't have to adhere to these rules only developed markets have to adhere to the rules so the climate talks in Paris are ruse. The good news is probably nothing will get implemented. They, they, they stand around and talk, protest, make speeches, embarrass each other, embarrass themselves. But probably nothing will get implemented. Up next, we got some bad news about Walmart, but we got good news about the IRS. That sounds like a non sequitur, doesn't it? Should be the other way around, but it's not. We'll talk about that next. An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. Back to An Economy of One with Gary Rathbun. How about some good news out of the IRS for a change? It's good news for us, not so good news for the IRS. But the IRS came out this week that they have, and this sounds funny when I, when I think about it, but the IRS has what they call a brain drain. And I've said that for years, but apparently they, they mean something different by it today. What they mean is the IRS has this this group of people working for them called criminal agents. Now, criminal agents, they carry guns. Uh, they can do all kinds of bad things to you. and But their job is to go out and find tax cheats. And they're trained. They're very, very good at looking at balance sheets and discovering people's net worth and how they... They hide money and don't pay their taxes and and that kind of stuff. Now, understand, understand, I am not advocating cheating. I'm not advocating laundering money or any of that kind of stuff. I I pay every penny of tax that uh, is due. Don't like it. I complain about it all the time, but I'm not going to cheat. I'm a law-abiding citizen. Uh, I consider myself a man of integrity. I will pay what I owe. Doesn't mean I'll like it. and Doesn't mean I won't complain about it. And doesn't mean I won't complain about it on air, because I will. But what's happening is budget cuts 
are hitting the IRS. And so they have a lot of these uh, criminal investigation agents retiring. They're retiring and not being replaced. Now, they quoted one guy. He's 52. 52, and he retired from the IRS as a uh, criminal investigation manager in May. He said, I love my career, but it was exa- but I was exhausted by the end. It's hard to continue work in an environment when your agency is constantly bashed and your funding is slashed. Kind of rhymes. That should be a country western song or something. I'll get my producer working on that. Anyway, what's happening is these criminal investigation agents are retiring. They're leaving. And the IRS doesn't have the money to replace them. So each year, the number of investigators are falling. This year, they're down to 2,316 from 2,739 in 2011. And 2016 is projected to drop to 2,166, 2,166. Since 2013, only 45 new agents have been hired. And uh, the IRS said it doesn't expect to hire any more in 2016. So not only are they losing agents, they're not hiring new ones, and the ones they are hiring are not being able to be mentored or trained by experienced agents. Breaks your heart, doesn't it? Breaks your heart. Now, is there a lot of fraud that uh, happens and people do bad things and should they be caught and pay up and go to jail? Absolutely. But for those of us that pay our taxes, that try to follow all the rules, that hire professionals to the tune of thousands of dollars to fill out the forms and make sure that we're in compliance, um, we're still presumed guilty. These IRS agents will come in and freeze your assets, take your your property, all that kind of stuff, and you have to prove your innocence. That's where I have a problem with the IRS. It's not that they catch people breaking the law. It's that if they accuse you, your constitutional rights go away. You're not innocent until proven guilty. You're guilty until you can prove yourself innocent. And that's the way it is with most regulatory bodies in government. They assume we're all terrorists. We're all guilty of something. And quite honestly, with so many laws on the books, we probably are guilty of something, whether we know it or not. But it's good to see the IRS shrinking down. Now, Ted Cruz has come out and says he wants to eliminate the IRS. I'm all for that. I'm all for that. I'm all for a flat tax. File your taxes on a postcard. Remember Steve Forbes back in the early 80s? File your taxes on a postcard. Simple, straight percentage. Gross times the percentage. That's what you send in. No deductions. Nothing. I'm all for that. Let's keep it simple. Never happen. Understand that. But nice to fantasize about it. Finally, Walmart. Now, this is a, you know, I, I, I got 
very little problem with the company. They do things differently than I would if I owned Walmart. And I don't agree with all of their politics and policies and and that kind of stuff. But I don't have to. They 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 never call me up and ask me what my opinion is. But uh, in Medina, Ohio, my home state, northern Ohio, just east of where I'm at as we speak, uh, the community in Medina uh, was very upset because the manager of Walmart forced a Marine veteran who was there to collect toys for tots. Okay, this is the time of year when... The Marines collect toys for tots so that kids can have toys for Christmas. They can't afford them. Made him stand outside. He was not allowed to go inside Walmart. This is an active duty Marine. John Harkness told him to stand outside to collect toys for tots for the first time in 15 years. 15 years. Okay. They made them stand outside to collect the toys for kids uh, that need them for Christmas. Now, this last weekend was uh, classic Ohio weather this time of year. It sucked. It's cold, rainy. They could allow them to inside. Well, you know what? Walmart's corporate policy across their 4,500 stores says it doesn't allow this type of solicitation inside their stores. And we we apologize for any confusion about the policy. If, if a Marine or anyone was treated with disrespect, that is unacceptable, and we are looking into this matter further to get the facts. See, here's a classic example of where rules eliminate judgment. I can see the rules of not wanting solicitors in your store. I don't want to be solicited in the store by every Tom, Dick, and Harry organization out there. But by having the rule, they eliminate the judgment. No one, no one, I won't say no one, there's always going to be some moron. But very few people are going to be offended by a Marine standing inside Walmart in uniform, served our country, collecting toys for tots on his own time. I'm not offended by Salvation Army and their red buckets. I like the Salvation Army. I've researched their organization. They're a good organization. And I'm not solic- I'm not offended by a ringing bell as I walk in and out of a store. I think that too many rules, too much political correctness has taken the judgment away from store managers and corporations. I think it's very, very important to be able to have that judgment and make a decision who should be there. And who shouldn't? Let the community decide. Let me decide. I'll tell them. I'm Gary Rathman. I want you to have a great day. Be an individual. Be self-reliant. Be an economy of one. We'll see you next time. This is our country. The views expressed on this program do not necessarily reflect the views of this station. Listeners should consult their own financial advisors or conduct their own due diligence before making any financial decisions. Private Wealth Consultants is an SEC-registered investment advisor. 